the Lord wants to meet you today. And um, he may minister to you at the end. I believe he told me that um, a spirit of fear is going to be broken off the church uh, to allow boldness to come forth. And um, um, today I'm, I'm speaking on Matthew 24, so you can turn there. And the title is, thank you for that last song, Get Ready, the Day of the Lord is Coming, and the breakfast table had Matthew 24 as what we were going to study. I don't know how all that happened, but it did, and uh, it's comforting, <laughs> to say the least. I've been talking about the kingdom of God um, every time I'm up here, and uh, mainly I've hit it from the standpoint of uh, the kingdom of God and our part in the kingdom as kingdom people, what we do, how we act, and that type of thing. And today I want to look at um, what does it look like when the king returns? The king is King Jesus. What's it going to look like? And what happens to us? Um, my perspective on the return of Jesus, the coming of Jesus, has always been kind of pan-millennial. It'll all pan out in the end. Very, very um, complacent, really, about it because I, I really hadn't ever gotten into Matthew 24 the way I have the last few months. And then uh, the Lord began to speak to me personally, that the Lord is coming back soon. How many, any other people had that, that thought in their spirit? Look at that. I mean, there's a bunch of people. Then uh, also there's prophetic people, prophetic ministries that are shouting that cry out. The Lord is coming back soon. And I believe that uh, today I'm here to uh, not tickle your ears about this. I'm not going to talk about the marriage supper of the Lamb, although that it would maybe next time, <laughs> because that, that is something that's really exciting. And the gathering of the nations together, wow, that is going to be something. But I'm going to talk from the perspective of what Jesus said in Matthew 24. Now, Jesus was very serious on the Mount of Olives, this is the Olivet Discord, they call, Discourse, they call it, and uh, he is, he is um, uh, uh, very serious about the things that he speaks of in that chapter and, verse, and chapter 25 also. And um, the things that I want to kind of unfold today are what is the tribulation? Now, that's not marriage supper of the Lamb stuff, is it? And then I want to talk about the great day of the Lord, what happens during that time. And uh, thirdly, I want to talk about Jesus' return, which is the parousia. That's the Greek word of his return. And then finally, the gathering together of his elect. And these things may take a little bit of time. It's 5 to 11. I have an hour. If I do Darren's, right? We got an hour here. 
I was talking to Catherine last night, and she had a dream. I don't know when that was, sometime. And uh, in the dream, uh, and I believe this is the kind of thing we're seeing, is that uh, she had a dream when, I don't know what age she was, but that she was going to a wedding, and it was like uh, she, need, she knew she needed to wear a white dress. And, uh, and the, the, when she woke up, I think she felt like this was talking about the coming of Christ to the earth and the gathering for the wedding that is going to take place. Matthew 25 definitely talks about the wedding, and uh, we might get into that a little bit. And um, so I'm pretty much going to go uh, line by line. There is a Greek word called parousia, and that means um, presence or the coming arrival. It's used 24 times in the New Testament, and 17 times of that, it refers to the future visible return from heaven of Jesus with the purpose of raising the dead, holding the last judgment, and setting up formally and gloriously the kingdom of God during the millennial time. And, um, and we're going to talk about this rapture as well, because I'm of the belief that the church is being um, misinformed, in my opinion, <laughs> that the rapture will take you away from everything that's to come. There's not a lot of proof of that as I see it. I believe that if you have that philosophy in your thought that I'm going to pre-tribulation, I'm out of here, I don't even have to think about it anymore. Uh, today we're going to look at some of these words and see what it says. There are the, let's look at chapter 24. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Surely I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. So Jesus was actually referring to 70 AD when the Russian army was going to come in and totally destroy the temple of God. Now there is a, a thing called multi-layered prophetic fulfillment. Multi-layered. So prophecy that comes forth can be fulfilled at different times in different ways. And this is one of them. The temple was destroyed back in 168 AD, I mean BC, by uh, King Artaxerxes or something like that. And then uh, we see now the Roman Empire is coming in 70 AD to destroy the temple. And we know that when uh, the, the day of the Lord comes, that there will be a destruction of the earth as well. And we'll, we'll take a look at some of that stuff. Verse 3, and now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when uh, will these things and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? The end of the age. So we're, we are going through a, a period. We're in an age right now where the church, is, uh, the church age is, is here. There'll be a time when there's a transition 
to the age uh, of the coming of the Son of God in the millennial reign of the kingdom of God. So we're going to read about this. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Okay, are we seeing any of these things? Yes, we are. But the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, that word beginning of sorrows means like a woman has labor pains. Okay, so there's great pain when a woman has labor, as you all know, and I, I guess I don't know. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard about it. <laughs> And, but the beauty of it is at the end, there's great joy. So there's, a, this is the transition. The beginning of sorrows is the transition of ages. And he's going to get into that a little bit. Do we have First Thessalonians 5.3 on the, on the screen? Hopefully it'll come out in the back as well. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, woman, and they shall not escape. So this is kind of what uh, we're talking about to, to verify this is the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. <laughs> Won't that be fun? <laughs> I told you it's quite a message here. And you will be heard, hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. I believe we're seeing a lot of this hatred in uh, the world today against the church and against people. People are easily offended uh, according to the word of God. Even your... Um, your uh, radio state, I mean, your television stations are in a way prophesying evil and doom and bad things that are taking place. And I'm not going to list all those, but you can list them in your mind, the things of evil that are taking place. And many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And this is what we're seeing right now. But he, read this with me, who endures to the end shall be saved. Now, how do you think of enduring? I'm just going to endure, right? I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to endure. <laughs> well, <laughs> this enduring is a, a Greek word called hypomenia. And it means to hold one's ground in conflict, bear up against the adversary, hold out under stress. Now, that, this is what, what Brianna was getting in her spirit, and hold out under stress. And, and then ministry came uh, forth, and, and we, we know that 
um, stand firm, persevere under pressure, wait calmly and courageously. It is not a passive resignation to fate and mere patience, but the active, energetic resistance to defeat <laughs> that allows calm and brave endurance. See, passivity is not part of the believer's makeup. And I believe the church in America is so passive. Now, I don't believe this church is as passive, but today I'm saying we are not going to be passive. We are going to stand up. Has, has anybody seen the movie 300? So it's kind of out there a little bit, but basically it is a, a war movie where the king of Assyria with his uh, 100,000 men was attacking Sparta, Spartica, which is a Greek, Greek city. And they had 300 warriors that came to meet the tens of thousands who also had elephants and who were involved with witchcraft. And uh, the Assyrian army was so much into witchcraft. And these, uh, these uh, 300, they met the Assyrian army at a narrow pass there. And they had a practice that, first of all, even to meet an army like that. And that's what we're doing today. We are meeting the demonic forces of evil that are attacking America in all kinds of ways. All kinds of ways, destroying. The truth that's being espoused in America today is not the truth of the Word of God. And we have an obligation to raise our shields and this is what the 300 did. They had something that they called a shield wall. They had raised these shields, and there was no penetration by arrows, by spears. They held out, they held out, they held out forever and ever because they raised the shield. Now, people of faith, we have to be raising our shields of faith. That's what's going to keep us during the tribulation times that are ahead of us during the times we live, live in now. We will not be passive. Aggressive. Now, I'm going to be the first to admit that I have passivity. My wife has no passivity. She's on my case. Which is good, but I don't really like it. <laughs> I grew up uh, full of compassion and love with people. I mean, that's part of it. Jesus tells us to do that. So I thought I was all right, you know. I didn't know about being a warrior so much. In our, my Lutheran background, there was no warrior involved with that. So... Uh, I have learned how to be a warrior through the last 30 years of my, my walk with God. You have to fight in prayer. You have to fight in prayer. You have to fight in prayer. Sometimes you got to say the truth in love and declare it the way it is. Some, many times you have to shut off the television because those eye gates are getting bombarded by stuff that is not biblical. There's so many things that we can be a warrior with. 
And there is a great reward at the end of all that. And then verse 14, he says, after he tells us to endure, and he says, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. That end has not come yet because the gospel is not being preached all over to every tongue and tribe in the world. We have a responsibility. Our voices have to begin to tell people that Jesus is coming again. I saw a, a video, an hour-long video of a, a young man, 30s, that, um, who was uh, deeply involved in the occult. He was deeply involved in the, uh, hedonism, the world's pleasures, and he tried to, that didn't satisfy him. Three times he tried to commit suicide. I want to tell you, suicide's on the rampage in America today, particularly with young people. And, uh, and so anyway, getting back to the story, that particular guy, he grew, I mean, decades went by living this lifestyle. One day he was watching uh, TV or something, and somebody on TV said, Jesus is coming back soon. Those very words went into his spirit. And he said, if this is true, he, he threw his hands up to, to God. He says, if this is true, if you are real, come to me. Those words, Jesus coming back soon, pricked his heart. I think that should be some of our battle cry. That should be our mission here on this earth. Tell people he's coming back. When he did that, he said a wind from up above came in him and went all the way through his belly, and he, he fell on his face. He saw he was ashamed of every sin. God revealed him, cleansed him, and that guy is prophesying that Jesus is coming again. He's a missionary for God now. There's a lot of people out there like that hurting and our job there is in that particular one okay there then Jesus now is going to explain to the disciples okay here's what's coming up ahead let's talk about the tribulation so he says therefore when you see the abomination of desolation those words alone went right over my head every time I read it until I studied the book of Daniel. And I finally began to see it. And maybe, maybe when you're reading these things, if Jesus is saying, spoken by, the Daniel, by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, that should tell us we should see what Daniel said about the tribulation. Okay, so I did. Do you have Daniel up there yet? Daniel 9, is it? 27. Okay, so let me give a little, if you read this before this, you're going to see that Daniel prophesies a 70-week thing. And 70 weeks is seven years per week. So he, he um, it begins, and this is talking to the, to the people of Israel. So up till 62 weeks, Time goes on, and then at the 62nd week, 
is when the Messiah is cut off, and that goes up to uh, A.D. 32. Then there is a period of time, what they call the time of the Gentiles, where we were allowed in. That's pretty cool. Then the last week is a seven-year week, and during that time, this is what it says. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle, remember that's seven years, but in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wings of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. So this simply means that the Antichrist is going to have a covenant with Israel for three and a half years. He's going to allow the, in the holy place, in the temple, he's going to allow Israel to have uh, uh, blood sacrifices again like they did in the old days. Then this person or whoever the Antichrist is, is going to, to come in there and say, nope, no more. No more blood sacrifices. We are going to make an idol of me. And we are going to put that idol up there. And for three and a half years, people will worship the uh, Antichrist. And this is the period of the great tribulation, the last three and a half years that Jesus was talking about. Uh, will we go through the tribulation? I think we will. But let's see. And then let those who are in Judah... Judea, flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field no, not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation such has not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. And then it goes on to talk about uh, ones that are false Christs that are going to deceive the nations and uh, comes back and talks about lightning and flashing and all that, and it brings us down to chapter 29. How many agree that the tribulation is not something really we want to go through? And I believe pre-tribulation rapture is really what I want. Agreed? Okay, but these next three verses, maybe you can put those up there in Matthew 24. You're good. You're getting really good, I tell you. Okay, now, what does this say? Immediately after the tribulation of those days. Not immediately after, okay? The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Next verse. I'm going to read the whole bunch. Then the, sign, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. 
with power and great glory. Next one. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. That's us. That is talking about the rapture right there. Verse 29 says, immediately after the tribulation, then the, 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 uh, the, the day of the Lord comes. And, and let me just say something about this day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is written about 24 times in, in, uh, in the Old Testament. And uh, this particular uh, day, I'm sorry, 17 times in the Old and New Testament, the day of the Lord. And uh, 11 of them say, talk about the same thing. The sun and the moon are darkened. The heavens are shaken. Earth is going to come under great difficulty during this time. It's going to be old, totally brand new and different. Now, here's the people that have prophesied this. Isaiah, Ezekiel, Joel hits it three or four times. Amos, Obadiah, Zephaniah, Zechariah. Daniel, Paul, uh, Malachi, Paul, Peter, Matthew, Luke, he, the writer of Hebrews, they all say that this day of the Lord is coming with the sun and the moon are darkened and the heavens are shaken. So it's then, immediately after the tribulation, there's going to be some stuff happening, <laughs> some major redoing uh, of the entire earth. And that is when, and then it says, and then the sign of the sun. And that's when Jesus is coming back at the, during that time to the earth. And they will see the, the Son of Man coming on the cloud of heaven with power and with glory. And then, and he will send his angels at that time to gather us, those who are dead. That's probably going to be me, I hope. Why do I hope? Uh, I don't know why I hope. <laughs> I'd like to be alive for it too, actually. The thing is, uh, Acts 2, 17 through 21. Can you pull that one up there quick? We all know this verse. I believe that as I'm reading this, there is going to be a tremendous outpouring of the Holy Spirit during this shaking period that's going to take place right before it, there is going to be a great, great, and I mean great, world harvest because God himself says, I, I, I don't want to see any perish. He's going to give a, an extra time. Now, we all know these verses here and uh, because we know that when the church age started, these things did take place. And they still go on today. But I, this is also, also ap applicable for after the tribulation, at the end of the tribulation time period. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men's servant and on my maiden's servant, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. 
Now, we heard prophecy this morning. I prophesied. A lot of you prophesied. When the Spirit of the Lord was poured out when I was born again, I spoke in tongues, and I still speak in tongues because tongues are a weapon that the devil can't understand. Matter of fact, that, that man on that video I was talking about, uh, he's, he, he got baptized with the Holy Ghost, and the devil told him, I hate tongues. I mean, why not get baptized in the Holy Ghost? What do, what do, you, what do you got to lose? <laughs> okay, next verse. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. So I'm, I'm looking at this. This is talking about what Matthew 24, uh, verse 29 talks about, the same thing. All these Old Testament people says that it's going to turn dark, the sun and moon are going to go blank, the interesting thing about this particular scripture, I'm pretty excited about this, really, is this is in the middle of Joel. And Joel, he prophesied about the day of the Lord coming, where it's going to be uh, gloom and darkness and all these things. And then he, in the middle of that, he puts in this verse here, which was quoted by Peter from the book of Joel. Listen, there is a great world outpouring of the Holy Ghost is going to be coming during that time. So keep your hope up. Keep your hope up. And uh, he goes on and, and then says, um, 32, 33, and uh, on the 36th, but on that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as in the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, there were eating and drinking and marrying, giving in marriage, uh, all kinds of marriage today, until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two men, women will be grinding in the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. So this here is, it looks like a rapture to me, and I believe it's the way I'm reading this. It could be, you know, if you like your pre-trib, that's fine. If you like your mid-trib, fine. Hang on to it, but you need to read about it and prove it. This here is Jesus speaking pretty clearly that in verse 42, it says, Watch, therefore, or get ready, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. Can we put up there 2 Peter 3, 10 through 14? But in the day of the Lord, 
Remember, the day of the Lord is a designation of the heavens are shaken, the sun and moon are darkened, in which the heavens will pass, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Keep reading. Keep going. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and goodness, godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, the day that's the parousia, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Is that it? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. That's what we're looking for. Keep reading. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things. <laughs> so you know, look forward to them. Be, be excited about these things. Be excited that you, you, know, you may be around. Uh, think about your grandkids and your, your great-grandkids and all of them, they very, may very well see all of this take place. And I think it's a disservice to them if you do not prepare them to be strong, to be watchful, to be ready, to believe that God's going to have a great awakening and a great harvest at the, at the end of the times. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent, be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. I'm saying right now, the hidden habits you have, the hidden ways you have, it is time to get rid of those, to let God deal with those secret, hidden things that you do in secret. Let God deal with them, the character issues inside of you that, like, like, I, I still have temper rise up in me sometimes, and it's always toward Kathy. Why is that? She knows how to hit my buttons, I think. But, but I'm thinking, Gary, when I get before the Lord, the judgment seat of Christ, and that's part of what happens after he comes again, I am going to be so full of shame at these things that I, I've allowed to continue in my life. He is coming again. Let's be diligent to be found without spot and blameless. Agreed? <laughs> oh, that's a great scripture there. Then Jesus, he goes on. He says in verse 44, Therefore you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you did not expect. Okay, so Jesus is basically done telling them about, okay, here's what to expect, disciples. There will be a time of tribulation, like the book of Daniel says. There will be a, a time where the, the, the day of the Lord's going to come. Earth's going to disappear, sun and moon. There, and at that time, also, the Son of God's going to come again. Perusia is going to come again, and the elect are going to be taken up to heaven to uh, participate in the marriage feast of the Lamb, 
to go through uh, the, the judgment seat of Christ, and that's not unto salvation, but that's just to purify us, to bring the, out those things. And then um, uh, we find that he gives some little bits of tidbits here in verse, uh, the end of 24, he says, be faithful servants. And he talks about us being faithful and responsible. He's telling the, the disciples there, no matter what happens, you be faithful to me. Faithfulness to me. And responsible. Then he goes on to the one, I, I just love this particular thing here. When he talks about, it's a law of preparedness, be prepared. Goes along with verse 47, be ready. When he talks about the marriage feasts here where the, uh, the virgins were, the, the wedding party had their lamps and five of them were ready. The other five were not ready. So he's, he's given an illustration of what can happen. Now, I want to be the, in the crowd that's ready. I want to have my wick trimmed, it says, which is set in order. Trim your wick and, and ready for, for the fire of God to inflame you. I want to go to the marriage feast of the Lamb. I don't want to be looking the wrong way and, and just uh, not prepared. And so they, it talks about uh, all about that, and I, I don't really want to read it. But it reminds me of the unwise, the five foolish ones here. It reminds me of uh, Revelation chapter 3, the church of Laodicea. I believe the church of America, maybe the church around the world, I live in America, is basically um, passive, like the church of Laodicea. They were, they were passive, and, and uh, that was one of the, the church things. And I believe, here's what I really believe about the churches of Laodicea who were uh, lukewarm, it says. They were lukewarm. Uh, I believe churches aren't to be lukewarm. I believe they're to be fiery. I believe they're to be like the 300, have their shields up. I believe they're to be warriors and get their punching bags out and punch the devil out, you know. And I believe the, the five wise uh, virgins here had their, their trump and had their, their oil ready to go and looking at the church of Laodicea, I believe the prophetic churches the prophetic churches, the ones that are seeing into the future, that are hearing the truth from the word of God. Not just prophesying, but they are prophetic. They have insight. I believe that these are the ones that have their lamps full, their, their, uh, their wicks trimmed. And I believe other churches, if they're not thinking this way, I just, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm not the judge on that. What happens? But all I know is, church, I want you guys to be with me. I want you to be fired up for God. I want you to know that your church is moving forward. And you as a, a parent, you can be a prophetic parent. There's times you need to lay hands on your kids and cast out a demon. Demonic influences are large today. 
Kids are being taught stuff that they shouldn't be taught. I wouldn't allow it for one second if I were you. Yeah, but my teenager's pretty surly. I don't think I can do that. Yes, you can. If they're in your house, you have the ability to lay hands on them, pray for them, but also use your authority. God gave you God-given authority where you can cast out a demon that's in your kid. If they're constantly sassing you back, they're constantly rebellious, doing the opposite of what you know is truth, lay hands on them in the name of Jesus. You come out of her now. You spirit of rebellion, you leave him now in Jesus' name. We had to do that with our son back in high school, thanks to what Brian did with his daughter. We learned. You lay hands on your kid, and you cast <laughs> Kathy, she's a good on authority. <laughs> she believes this really a lot. I'll hear her. Upstairs, just halaba shata labaha. And I'm thinking, okay, something's getting done here. Maybe it's me. <laughs> <laughs> but she learned that from when Brian uh, had to do that with his daughter in high school, maybe or college, and we had to do that with our son, and it totally changed him. Now he's um, years later. He followed the Lord forever and ever. Right now, he's, he, needs, he needs a demon cast out of him. But, but he's not living with us now. You know, we do it in the spirit realm now. We can't do it in person person unless he comes to us and asks, you know, I need help. I got a problem, you know. Okay, here you go, baby. <laughs> Come out. That's, that's the power of the Holy Spirit that's been given to us. The authority of God. I'm pretty wild today, I guess, maybe. Okay, so then after the virgins and all that, he, came, he, he begins to talk about, hey, this is all part of what he wants from his kingdom people. And he says, I have given you gifts. I have given you a mission for the kingdom of God. I don't expect you to bury that thing. To tell you the truth, I have a tendency to go complacent. Because it is a lot of work to give messages, to get all that together. And some of them see me stress, you know. And I, I could easily just, okay, I think I'll be a businessman or whatever. But um, God gave us this, and the realization is there. God gives you something. You cannot bury that. He expects the law of increase to take place. And if you read this, the parable of the talents, he gave you a talent. Don't bury that booger, that thing, that talent. Come on, use it. Let it grow. Now, if you don't have an avenue to use it, then... Ask us. We'll, we'll find an avenue for you to use it. It could be your own family. I, I don't know. Maybe it's your workplace. It's your people you're around. But God's given you some. Most all of you in this room 
have the Word of God stored up in you. And it's like, it's like um, Joseph who, who stored up the grain in, of the, uh, for, for a time later that he could open up the storehouse and the grain would be there that he could feed the people. That's kind of the way the Word of God is for most everybody in here. And if you're not to the point where you've stored up the Word of God, boy, that's the best thing you can do. Begin to store the Word of God up. Because the Bible tells us to be Bereans. Remember that in chapter 3 of Acts, I think it is. And that just means study. Study it out to see if these things be true. So I'm telling you a lot of things today. Why don't you study out? How do I study the Bible? Well, there's a concordance at the back. Or you can buy stuff that will help you to study the Bible. The Bible is the truth of God. Don't believe CNN. Don't believe these TV shows. Don't believe most all of Congress. Don't believe that stuff. This here is the truth of God. And he's given you the, the talents. And the last thing he says about this whole thing is the law of compassion. You've got to love people. You've got to help them. You've you got to feed the hungry. You've got to help people. You've got to do these things. That's, so Jesus is very plain. But he is coming back again. He is coming back. And beyond, um, beyond when he gets back, uh, you know, I, I'd love to talk a little more about uh, those things, but I'm not really prepared. But God is coming back. Could you just say that? Jesus is coming back. Tell your neighbor. Now, I hope I didn't put fear into you today. I could have, because basically I said, you're going to go through the tribulation. That's what I said. Many, if you don't agree, well, that's fine. But that is a much better stance than believing you're going to miss all that. Because then if you go through it, you are prepared. You're strong. You're like the 300 with your shield up, you know. And you are a fighter, and you got your kids prepared. So if you have fear of going through death, fear of persecution, any of these fears, I would suggest right now, let's stand up, everybody. Let's believe God here. And if you have any fears at all, I'd like to hear that. Get ready song if we could. You have fear. Maybe just fear about everything. The way the earth is headed right now. Come on forward and let's pray and believe. You have anything, Cammy? Okay. So let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this word. We ask you, Lord, to help us with this. Help us to see you coming, to be a witness in this last day to not bury our talents, to be all you called us to be. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. 
Come forward if you want prayer for fear or any other thing. If you need healing in your body as well, come forward. Come forward. Let's go to the altars. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're gathering us together, Lord. Thank you, Lord.